Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Zero Chill, where we talk about whatever we've been talking about for ages, but now we decided to put a mic to it. So today, as always, I have uh, Varun Maya with me. Varun, say hi. Hi guys. Awesome. Thank you. So, what are you going to talk about today? I think, uh, you know, we discussed reality in the very first episode, uh, you know, I think I want to dive deeper into it. But I want to have a different approach to it. Can we have a different science cater to it? Neuroscience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. I'll let you set the narrative to it. Uh, what is reality as explained by a neuroscientist? Well, you know, I, I, I spend a lot of my time learning physics, but also learning neuroscience. It's just people see it as different um, frameworks, but I see it as it's all one thing, right? It's not, we divide professions based on, you know, teachers. It's actually based on teachers and, and, and material, but actually if you look at it, all of them are, they're so interlinked, right? We so divide human beings, human beings, right? We, we say, okay, medical science is very different from math is very different, different from physics, hmm. which is not true. Cause if you look at medical science, there's so much physics in it. Hmm. Right? How much blood flows to your brain changes your behavior, right? So, um, so yeah. I mean, I, I don't like the division. I think you should be you should learn more than one science. You should be a polymath hmm. because you see, our nature doesn't fo- follow our formulas. Hmm. Our formulas follow nature, right? Everything, math, physics, biology, we've derived everything from studying nature, Correct. right? So neuroscience. We, we can't say that, okay, this is exactly how it happens. We're just like, we have observed this happens in, in XYZ scenarios. And one issue I have with neuroscience is what might apply to person A might not apply to person B. Right? But, and, and that's some, some portions of the, things. Where, where does this happen? In the brain. Right? So, what so, applies to person A doesn't apply to person, person B. Person B, right? For example, you might constants be... Constants are different? No. For, experiences are different. Right. And genetics might be different. For example, you might have high blood pressure and you can't have salt. I, on the other hand, have low blood pressure. I love salt. Right. I I thrive on salt. So can't make, you know, blanket statements and say, yeah, this is good or this is bad. Hmm. And but what I've realized is people who who come on to podcasts like this is just like, tell me how to live my life. Right. And, Hmm. you know, I can't just say this is universally good or this is universally bad because it really depends on your life and your circumstances. So Hmm. which is why I think step one is you find out more about yourself first. Hmm. Right. Find out what type of person are you? How does your body and brain respond to certain things? And then you figure out what's good for you. And that requires experimentation. I can't sit on the other end of the mic and just tell you, do this, do that. Hmm. No, it's very situational and you need to run your own experiments. But that being said, a lot of things, there are, there is, there is still a lot of things that apply to all humans as a constant. Okay. Right. And if you go even deeper, it applies to all mammals as a constant. If you go even deeper, it applies to all living beings as a constant. Right. So what I'm going to do, you know, when we talk about realities, I'm going to talk about generic stuff, not generic stuff as in boring stuff, but stuff that applies to most human beings out there. Okay. Right. So setting the stage there, setting the narrative there that, you know, let's, let's start from scratch. Let's say that, you know, we're not going to go into very, very specific. How should I react when my wife argues with me or whatever? Mm. Let's go into brain. Mm. How does, how do we perceive reality? Mm. The brain <clears throat> is a sense making machine, right? It's, it's not a rational brain. It's a mm. rationalizing brain. You know this better than anybody else, right? You, 
your body does something stupid hmm. or something good or something bad and then the brain later rationalizes it saying it saying that yeah yeah you know we made the best decision in that place i did this because i did this hmm. but this narrative of i did this because situation called for it that is just rationalizing later hmm. right because in the situation i mean like i'm i'm speaking words right now but i'm not sitting and in my head thinking of each word i should use right it's hmm. just flowing naturally hmm. and then later on i'll rationalize saying that okay i said that sentence hmm. right so body does what it wants what it wants hmm. then brain rationalizes later hmm. right but if you look at the structure of the brain and i've held like a brain in my hand you know i always thought brains would be big but they're actually quite small um so small are they uh, what size As of my palm yeah little bigger than the size of my palm interesting right okay. so i've held a brain right and, and i've always been taught or i've learned that the brain has two major components it has many components but let's mm. talk about two major components mm. first one is uh, the older you know limbic brain mm. right the the ones that are responsible for fear mm. and mm. you know basic functions basic mm. uh, living creature functions mm-hmm. and then you have the prefrontal cortex which is unique to humans, humans and to a certain extent you know primates show some signs of it who who shows primates monkeys okay right so if you look at the prefrontal cortex and if you look at i always you know i was told that the prefrontal cortex is a seat of intelligence hmm. makes you smart you hmm. know it makes us be able to have this conversation hmm. and then the older brain the limbic brain hmm. it's responding you know if the train is coming it will it will tell you jump back it's instinctive hmm. right so that's the more instinctive brain i have always been taught two different brains two separate things hmm. you look at a brain if you look at a real brain though hmm. you will not see any separation between the prefrontal cortex and the the older brain so okay. rep- even, even if you go back all the way to the arb- reptilian even if you brain dissect it no it looks very similar okay so then when it's con- that- it's one continuous thing so that's what i'm saying it's slowly cool. evolved it's it's an extension of what the limbic system is what the oldest brain is hmm. this new brain is just an extension of that hmm. okay? okay and it exists to serve the the old brain the new brain the prefrontal cortex exists to serve the old brain right which is those simple things that you want prestige social social recognition um uh, you know food water mm. shelter mm. your prefrontal cortex is basically st- telling stories to itself and others to help the old brain get what it wants which is basically basic stuff right and the only advantage we have as human beings over any other mammal is we can train the prefrontal cortex hmm. to recognize that it is serving its old brain say that again we can train as human beings we are the only mammal alive that can train our prefrontal cortex to ignore the old brain okay okay so oh, ignoring the old brain is uh, be less reactive no ignore as in a lot of things you do like for example you know people want to be successful in their careers and this and that they're mm-hmm. actually doing it for for the old to to satisfy this old brain need of like prestige and status mm-hmm. and you know trying to hoard uh, money mm-hmm. and things like that yeah. but i've trained my brain out of that now mm-hmm. right maybe my intentions when i started were, were like that i mean more than 10 years ago but now i'm like i know why my brain is doing this right mm-hmm. it's just trying to satisfy basic primal human needs mm-hmm. let's move beyond it okay right and best analogy i've ever like come up with for this is think of there being two yous okay the one you that's that's always thinking and rationalizing and 
and stuff like that and then there's the other you which is like a monkey in a cage hmm right you have a brain you have a cage inside the brain there's a monkey and it behaves exactly like a monkey it makes a lot of noise if it finds something it starts screaming and jumping around and if you start fighting with it like the rational brain starts fighting with it it starts fighting back even harder hmm. that's why people get anxiety in my opinion mm-hmm. i just it's you have to treat that brain how you would treat a pet that's it okay okay so keep petting it i need you to elaborate on this one treat it like a pet love yeah, attention if it starts screaming tell it it's okay it's going to be fine if you do not learn how to separate yourself into two two people it's mm-hmm. not two halves it's mm-hmm. you know one has more uh, mm-hmm. significance than the other but in uh, i think uh, people speak what we can say is uh, an an action i think there's an actionable insight coming out of uh, what you just said that would be treat your emotions like you treat a pet yeah not just your emotion i mean yeah emotional brain is the older brain mm-hmm. the the prefrontal cortex doesn't w- mm-hmm. work very well with emotions but yes to a certain extent if you treat your inner brain like a pet hmm. it'll work out better and and i have already found a way to do this hmm. right uh, i do this on a daily i think you've seen me do this one once or twice my internal brain i call it v just okay. v okay. and i say we we can do this v let's go try this v i think we should try this first and then try v this v is w e or v v just the first letter of my name okay. yeah. yeah i already have a name for my inner brain hmm. and i treat it properly like a pet hmm. right sometimes i let it go ham you know hmm. eat sugary stuff Hmm. I don't try to control it it's like a pet hmm. training discipline but hmm. enough love hmm. and enough you know and and where people get confused is they a lot of people do this right they, I think number one reason why people are struggling with themselves is they they believe that the brain is they're their one person and they're okay. like why am i not getting control over my brain why am i feeling hmm. like this why am i doing this why can't i be smarter why can't i be more successful but they don't understand what do they not understand that there's two people inside okay the one who wants to be you know who wants all these things who's suffering who's struggling is not the inner brain the inner brain wants very primitive things uh. right and the rational brain suffers for the primitive brain thinking oh we are one and the same thing they're not they're two completely different entities okay right they really can we can we talk about an example here now you said there are people who are fight who who the causing a lot causing themselves a lot of anxiety by thinking thoughts like why am i not successful why am i not able to why am i feeling like this and everyone with anxiety has felt like this why am i feeling like this why is my chest beating hard you went and spoke at an event today hmm. there were like what um, 10 different entrepreneurs there hmm. what is the total net worth of the room 500 million dollars hmm. probably more than that hmm. did your heart flutter uh, did you feel nervous initially right yes. just before you got into it you you uh, felt while, when i started yeah. one and a half minutes so yes. the primitive part of your brain huh. feels shame okay right being mm. in these situations is embarrassing what mm. if i screw up mm. but it doesn't suffer what doesn't suffer the primitive brain doesn't suffer you look at a deer huh. right if a deer misses a car mm. like if a car almost hits a deer mm. the deer will move on and then after 2 seconds you'll forget about the car and start grazing say that again if a deer looks at a car yeah and the car is about to hit it and the deer somehow just es- escapes huh. or if a predator comes and the deer escapes uh-huh. after 5 seconds they start grazing again okay right it doesn't care anymore the old event is old event it's gone because mm-hmm. there's no rationalizing brain the mm-hmm. problem is your rationalizing brain because see if you you were a whatever uh, mammal or if you didn't have the prefrontal cortex you wouldn't obviously be able to make the presentation mm-hmm. but whether you embarrass yourself or not after 5 seconds you would be fine mm-hmm. right but the human brain mm-hmm. rationalizes the reason the you felt the pfc yeah the pfc mm-hmm. rationalizes it's like 
what what will these people think of me oh shit you know what if i screw up you know, mm. what what is your presentation on e ecom something right so mm. you could have been like i mean or your brain would have been like what if these people are smarter than me what if they you know um, catch me out on this or i i don't know what you i mean i mean i know i run the company but mm. i i trust you to be able to know what you're speaking about right mm. so i don't know how your brain felt during that period do you want to tell the audience how it felt as i said it was just one and a half minutes of anxiety and then uh, i realized that uh, the audience is uh, very controllable they're following me i've uh, got off to a good start and uh, so again i think preparation i don't know you might differ on this but preparation doesn't really help yeah it's, it's 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 something i've prepared for all my life like, preparation gives anxiety and that's it, it. yes exactly it's, it was much better and you've seen me i've never prepared for a presentation you've never yeah. ever seen me prepare for anything because i go there and i wing it i'm like if i prepare then i get anxious because i'm like what if i forget point 3 point 4 preparation helps as if it's a topic that you don't know anything about yeah if you're good if you're comfortable with the topic you do not need to prepare yeah. right like this we're not preparing at all we're just talking it's right. rattling hmm. so what i've realized is the brain is a rationalizing brain hmm. pfc In, yes hmm. in a brain let's call it the monkey brain hmm. okay monkey brain let's call it the croc brain crocodile brain i like calling it the monkey okay. brain because it's a little more advanced than just croc okay. croc reptilian mm, okay right so monkey brain you treat it exactly how you treat a pet mm. right all of these people that i met who are suffering mm. if you give them a dog they will treat it very nicely mm. they will you know treat it with love care respect this and that if the dog starts barking they will not shout at it they'll mm. be like once in a while they might shout out if they get they lose this thing but in general they're good pet owners mm -hmm. but they're terrible owners of a uh, of the monkey brain Mm -hmm. they do not know how to do it mm. right because you know it's also a, a function of the other people around them right the other people mm. around them are like oh you did this you're so stupid mm. it's very hard for you to say no i didn't do it my inner brain did it mm. right but the more people that realizes the better that human beings like even the worst thief out there or the robber or the murderer or whatever like mm. i'm not empathizing with any of them but i'm saying that all of them that that did horrible acts did it mm. because their brain is structured like that their monkey brain made them do it okay right and the rationalizing brain sometimes it just loses all remorse sometimes it you know it says what have i done like 99% of horrible accidents or horrible deeds happen in 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 a quick flit the em brain is just like you know let's just make this mistake like it just happens you don't think it through just like i'm not saying these like i'm not thinking about these words it just these things happen so i've learned to have a lot of empathy towards people because of this dude but the, this uh, is a very trouble some argument to make as well i know because there are weird kind of i know things people end up doing i know which is why you know i always look at the intention behind any act if you have rationally planned to do a mm. terrible act then you should really suffer for it okay right? if you have said if you are doing like if you go if you don't have any food and you're struggling and you go rob you know a piece of bread that's mm. your that's your old brain doing it okay right that's not the prefrontal cortex like yeah you know i should rob i should put myself at risk of being embarrassed or whatever no it's mm. it's hunger pure hunger drive mm. right so I, again it's complex man i i don't think the systems of law i don't think any system today is a perfect system because no one's really understood the brain mm. the reason i'm really good at the things i do whether it's business or you know just even if it's instagram or being mm. an author or whatever it's because i'm i understand the brain very well okay right and i have a very strong ethical compass which mm. is i know that if i just let the this monkey brain rule mm. it's going to do all sorts of non nonsense mm. right with everybody especially as you keep getting bigger it's very easy for power to corrupt you mm. right 
here what i've done is my prefrontal cortex i've put a set of rules for myself and i'm like regardless of what happens monkey brain and prefrontal cortex you have to follow these 10 15 rules that i have okay right so if you if you set up your life like that you just have a set of base rules and then wing it i think it's boundaries yeah boundaries boundaries okay. is the right way to put mm. it i'm like i will not cross this line okay right so that's that's you know how i look at the world that's how you know the brain generally works um how does that work with reality you know we we had this chat last time there is no such thing as free will hmm right? okay the multiple experiments have proved this right if when when a human being make, makes a choice whether to choose mcdonald's or kfc if hmm. you if you put two plates in front of him the decision to choose mcdonald's or kfc the brain has made it even before the human says oh yeah i want to choose this Hmm. Right, you're so, already inclined towards something even when you're making the choice. Yeah, so it's it's like this, right? The brain makes the pre the old brain makes the choice, and then the frontal the prefrontal cortex says, "Okay, Varun, you've made the choice now. You've made it, huh?" And but actually, the choice has already been made even before the prefrontal cortex is aware of it. The choice has been made, right? And I've studied neuroeconomics before, right? So a lot of these buying decisions, purchase decisions, I I have an idea of how it works. It works through the nucleus accumbens part of your brain. uh tell me more about it okay so dude the nucleus accumbens is triggered by expected reward not by reward okay. itself expected mm-hmm. reward right so the way we i mean you're more likely to buy say a mercedes than an i10 because of the brand associated with the mercedes mm. right so if you put these two in front of each other and you had to choose and you know the price point of mercedes is obviously much higher and you had the bandwidth for it you choose the mercedes right it's just these sort of things are very predictable right associative branding i mean you learn a lot about generally the nucleus accumbens expected reward when you get an amazon package it's not the joy doesn't come in opening whatever's inside the package the joy actually comes in opening the package itself it's not like maybe there's a bar of soap inside the package it's not when you pick up the soap that you feel happy it's when you get the package and you're ripping it apart that your dopamine peaks expected reward so once you learn some of these things right your mm-hmm. world view of reality becomes different because you you stop believing in free will but you also believe that in a certain way there is free will because you still get to make certain rational decisions hmm. right so and i'll explain what that means hmm. right every decision you make hmm. is a product of your past right like i said if you know hmm. everything about a human being you can predict what they're going to do next hmm. same with me hmm. if you know everything that i've done up to this point you will be able to predict what i do next hmm. for sure with, with unerring accuracy hmm. what advantage we have is that mm. we can still rationalize right the have you seen the movie arrival no i love the movie arrival it's it's the original story was by a author named ted chiang mm. uh, the name of the book i think was uh, story of your life and others okay it talks about an alien species or an alien race mm. who can already see the future okay right they know exactly what's going to happen okay mm. but they still go through the motions of doing it like they already know a conversation is going to go badly or mm. you know some some bad thing is going to happen but they still go through the motions because until it happens it's not true okay right so go through the motions going through the motions or doing the things that you want to do i think you you don't have a choice either way what do you mean like you're going to do it either way like say you really want to play badminton today hmm. your your monkey brain is saying get some exercise hmm. you'll go out and do it right hmm. the one thing we ha- do not have control about hmm. and i think for most people uh, this is the best way like even without there being free will there's one thing you can do that really influences how you live your life hmm. okay this is a second hack that's coming up hmm. 
you can change your environment hmm right you understand you know hmm. where i'm going with this hmm where you can change your environment in order to no this is something this is something i've uh, you can change your environment is something i've personally uh, this is the habitual hack for myself which i've uh, used uh, to lose fat okay i change you know don't the, have food at home basically yeah. they have no food around you yes this is i have a typical uh, kind of food that's okay that that's satiating that's fibrous and uh, yeah that's about it yeah so this when i'm bulking hmm. i try to surround myself with as much garbage food as possible because otherwise i will not put on weight hmm. right uh, especially if i'm training hard i'll just starve which is hmm. not good hmm. so changing environment is important but it's not just with food around you right hmm. it's with people too of course right so if you're suffering and you change your environment to a group of people say some i mean can you agree that over the last or do you agree that over the last one or two years avalon has changed your life in many ways that you didn't think possible yeah because of the ecosystem it's purely the ecosystem it's mm. not me or this mm. office or this this house or whatever it's mm. the and it's the entire ecosystem the interaction between the ecosystem mm. you just need to pick yourself up put yourself in another environment and say let me become something there mm. let that environment decide what i become okay. right and this is the wrong approach like uh, i see a lot of people you know asking this me for career wrong approach no this is a good approach okay. right what, what i'm saying is the wrong approach? approach is when people go and say you know i want this in my career i want to become this and then this and then this mm. they don't realize when you go into say you want to become a vc at sequoia suppose or mm. you want to be one of those mm. um top level entrepreneurs and you're hanging out with other entrepreneurs or vcs or whatever you don't understand what you will become in that environment this mm. is the same argument with power corrupts you mm. right absolute power corrupts absolutely i mean it's it's an obvious thing because when you put yourself in that environment mm. the kind of people you're around your primitive brain the monkey brain says oh i should be like these people oh i should do this oh that's socially that's not acceptable in this circle so environment really 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 defines who you are and my advantage is growing up the reason i am so different from most people is my environment was the internet my mm. parents were never at home mm. i just had the internet i had msn i had reddit since when it started i have just for most people social media and things like that are new like 2 3 5 years old mm. for me it's been there forever mm. right so i have learned or rather i've had many different voices in my head mm. so I, i'm I try to create the same thing with Avalon, hmm. right? And with all of you guys who've changed through Avalon, and I'm sure a lot of people who are on my Instagram, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this are also going to start changing slowly because hmm. you're changing your environment, hmm. right? So, yeah, I think you, in in terms of neuroscience, your reality is very dependent on your environment, and the biggest control you have is to change your environment. You can't like if you want to be like a say very strong or fit. Smartest thing to do would be to go hang out with other people who are smart and f- who who are fit. Hmm. Forget about smart, fit. Hmm. that's the best thing to do because mm. they will let social pressure and the social pain of not going out to the gym with them will hurt you because they'll they'll make fun of you they'll right. call you names whatever mm. but if you try on your own to set an alarm every morning at 5 o'clock go alone and come back that is not going to work right mm. you need to have it's not a and, and i don't even think people have that level of self control mm. right True. and i mean you need to just put yourself in that environment okay. so if you want to become like somebody or if you want to do something with your life find a person who's already done it go sit next to that person or go be friends with that person okay that's my solution cool uh i want you to sum it up i want you to sum uh, everything up okay reality again can i can i did i ask you this question i think i did i don't think i got an answer is your reality different than mine i that's what i said in a way right so 
it's a, it's a shared reality that we all have hmm. right but i'm sure you there are things you know that i do not know about your life hmm. right that's your reality so again this is semantics right this is like this is just word play what does reality mean in this case right but if you're asking world view it's always different yeah world view yeah it's always Tell different more about world view i'm sure you see the world in a certain way yes see emotions the the way you feel about certain things hmm. is actually a good heuristic for emotional for processing right say i'll give you an example say hmm. you're holding a bat hmm. and you've been playing cricket for a long time hmm. somebody keeps throwing the ball you ke- keep getting better eventually when right. uh you're yeah. playing cricket okay. you're practicing cool okay in the beginning you don't have a like a feel for hmm. which way to hit the bat you're actually thinking about it you're like okay i have to hit to the left balls coming to the left hmm. okay i have to hit to the right ball balls coming to the right i have to do a square cut hmm. right but eventually after a while after 2 3 years it becomes instinctive correct right the monkey brain takes over hmm. and it says prefrontal cortex you can chill for for a bit hmm. i'm taking over this is the subconscious yeah i call this flow okay. right and if you've read that book yeah. flow yeah. i forgot the guy's name it's so, basically just yeah. engaging the non prefrontal cortex it's engaging non everything apart from the prefrontal cortex you engage mm. the monkey brain mm. you let the monkey play mm. while you the rational brain sits behind and forgets about life for a bit okay that's flow right so mm. basically and the monkey is very very good at learning these mechanical tasks mm. right it's very good at playing like instinctive cricket it's very good at playing the piano instinctively mm. right it's very good at playing dota instinctively mm. let the monkey do its thing let it play mm. one of the reasons i feel like i'm so happy on a daily basis is because mm. i game a lot mm. i just let the monkey play so right the rational brain is off when i'm gaming the rational brain is completely off every action that i make every way that i move my character the the skills that i cast it's all it my fingers are moving automatically right it's, it's not me it's the monkey brain right the only and even now i'm you know even what the conversation we're having right now even the words that i'm saying it's all the monkey brain playing Right. Mm. The, obviously, the rational brain is including and saying, "Okay, maybe you shouldn't, you shouldn't use this word, or you should change it a little this bit." This is a topic that gets you in flow. Is what yeah, you're anything that gets you in flow, because okay. dude, today when I go speak on stage, I am in complete flow. Hmm. Like it's it's monkey brain. And you're say, talking about shit you know. Yeah, I'm talking about shit I know. I'm like the prefrontal cortex doesn't have to be there, hmm. right? It can just chill and shut off, and I, I don't care about embarrassment. I don't care about anything. Hmm. Let the monkey brain play. Hmm. and the more exposure and time it's like a dog right if hmm. you keep the dog trapped inside the house dog starts barking hmm. you let the dog out let it go chill let it go you know smell some grass and what not the gra- the dog feels better okay now this is uh, bringing me to something a quote that i learned very very uh, recently i was scrolling through i don't i can't i don't have the attention span to read the book i've been scrolling through this book called uh, one of the books of talebs uh nicolas nasim talab he says that uh, a lot of people you know who are figuring out knowledge or finding out knowledge in order to do something they're basically telling the birds how to fly it's it's a, it's a very famous quote telling the birds teaching the birds how to fly hmm so it's like you know you when you're so now where i'm getting at it i just i don't know what it, that quote exactly means but i'm just getting at i i just found a you know, there was a spark in my head that what you're saying is somewhere related to that what you telling me is you're in flow uh now let's talk you're about public so, public speaking okay public speaking you you're telling me you get better with time yes. because eventually your monkey brain takes over you're in flow here now as opposed to someone who's reading a book about public speaking you know how to talk like a ted talker or talk ted talk waste of speaking. time 
Yes. Because you are engaging your rational brain then. And because there is, there is, have you uh, come across evidence that actually says that, you know, knowledge, it, it is actually, science comes from, comes from technology. People, technology comes first. Technology, you know, the act of doing things and figuring shit out, that comes first and science is derived, science is derived out of uh, uh, observation. Whereas we've been taught to believe that engineering or technology is actually applied science. That okay, knowledge comes first and then you apply, apply it and that, that becomes technology. No, that's wrong. Yes. Can you elaborate more on it? technology it's, it's a science. thing right like I was, I was telling somebody else the other day oh science is awesome this that something i love the, the word science right i think mm. it's awesome i think it's it's mm. brilliant for the world but somebody telling me the other way why do you need science and all you can just study from nature just look at nature nature will teach you and i was like you idiot science is the study of nature mm. right we don't invent these laws mm. right it's like we look at nature and like okay this is how nature behaves let's record that let's put mm. that in a book that is science right right we we don't make any assumptions Right. right we and if we make an assumptions also we test it properly hmm. right nature teaches us right and in these situations where you know where you're where you let your embrain just do its thing eventually after a while and this is why this something i've seen right if you, if you get good at one skill that's fine you get good at two skills that's fine that's two separate things but if you pack on three four five skills you become a polymath it becomes all the more easier for you to learn the sixth skill because remember well, it is a derivative in some manner yeah it's okay. everything is related. that's why i said these are not separate professions these mm. it's this is life mm. it's all one big thing and i'm telling you 2019 onwards will be the rise of the polymath i'm mm. a polymath right i can do a lot of different things well mm. right and one of the advantages i have is i just let the monkey brain out like i let it play all the time mm. right my rational brain is only you've only seen me use my rational brain when i plan Hmm. Right when I plan, it's like okay, guys, we need to do A, B, C, D, and hmm. that's it. Then I let my monkey brain play, and that's the thing, right? Like in the first year and second year of entrepreneurship, I was so stressed, hmm. like I was stressed all the time because I, it was my rational brain because I didn't know I wasn't comfortable. Hmm. I was like, oh, what if we run out of money now? Hmm. How am I going to pay my employees in the next hmm. month? Hmm. But um, but over time, the monkeys come out. Like the rational brain is faded when it comes to entrepreneurship. Is monkey brain, and monkey brain is the best at doing something. Hmm. like it's better than the rational brain at doing anything it's just it just needs training hmm. daniel kahneman put this forward right like thinking fast thinking slow he said hmm. look you have the fast brain the intuitive hmm. brain and hmm. the more complex Slower brain, brain yeah. and you can tell from the eyes hmm. you know that if you're working on a complex mathematics problem hmm. that engages the prefrontal cortex hmm. your eyes change shape either they dilate or they they constrict i don't remember which one hmm. you can tell the amount of processing effort somebody's putting by the by their eyes hmm. Right, and you've probably seen these guys who are just like dazed and you know in free flow playing a video game or whatever. Mm. Right, that's that's actually a very interesting achievable state. Okay, cool. So, let me let me go a little back. Okay, I I remember uh, reading. Uh, so he actually put out a chart in the book, mm-hmm. uh, Talib, and what he said was, and he was like, okay, you know, teachers that teach birds how to fly, something like that. And what he wrote is that the Wright brothers came up with the aircraft first and then the knowledge was uh, extracted out that, that there's an aerofoil and all of this. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, you don't see that there's always these bureaucratic type people who are just like, uh, this is the same thing, right? Like I, I saw the ad the other day where some college was uh, teaching people innovation. Hmm. How the flying <laughs> duck can you teach people innovation, right? That is something where you just need uh, so much practice and effort and just... 
dude my suggestion to people just go out and do something with yeah, yeah just meet a lot of people build a lot of things don't worry about money in timing you will gain experience by yourself yeah. no one can like this transferred knowledge is is very difficult and plus these things mm-hmm. that i'm saying you might say you might relate and be like ah oh, yeah i remember this is exactly what no hmm. unless you've experienced you hmm. know hmm. the monkey brain you relate to the monkey brain because you've experienced the monkey brain hmm. in my last uh, in the last podcast when we spoke about quantum mechanics you hmm. will not relate because you've not experienced quantum mechanics hmm. counterintuitive hmm. right you have not been in a situation where you've seen light behave in, or you've seen observation change hmm. Hmm. something you've not never experienced that hmm. right so experiencing things like when i saw the video of the young's experiment i was like ah i get it now hmm. until then even i was struggling with it hmm. so it has to be an experiential experienced you know you know where i'm going right you you need to do things and that's the thing right like i was just thinking like this this question i keep asking like how many things can you fix with duct tape how many things can you fix with duct tape you know duct tape right tape yeah right so how many things can you fix with duct tape can you glue two planets together with the duct tape can you like how much can you do with duct tape if you had duct tape that's big enough hmm. and if you realize most of our engineering marvels apart hmm. from maybe computing like hmm. silicon chips is mostly just duct tape like okay. or something similar to duct tape like a plane hmm. instead of duct tape you would not use nuts and bolts hmm. right okay. you're understanding joining things together yeah it's just joining a lot of simpler things together hmm. and trying to make a bigger things bigger thing hmm. and then obviously you have thrusters this that hmm. that's chemistry hmm right so all of this you will learn practically like you if you, like a lot of people say you know i want to learn automotive engineering go mm-hmm. work with a mechanic mm-hmm. that's better than going and doing an engineering degree mm-hmm. you are now doing the engineering degree only to get like mm-hmm. you know that uh, certificate mm-hmm. saying yeah i have a degree mm-hmm. but if you really want to learn how to like build a car or fix a car mm-hmm. work at a mechanic mm-hmm. that people won't do because indian press will like, oh mechanic oh you're going to sit mm-hmm. with cars and mm-hmm. you know have oil all over you mm-hmm. but that's that's how i've learned and so mechanic who can dress well and talk good english is is me could do much better in life is me like, essentially that's what yeah. i am like in, in yeah. the age of computers yeah that's what i am i'm i'm yeah. a mechanic it's not like yes I, i'm a mechanic that makes lots because i've yeah. i started my first youtube channel at like yeah 13 or 14 years old right like it's mechanic like is hands on yeah. yeah i was pure hands on mm. learned the hard way mm. and then you know mm. i just learned how to speak a yeah, little better like and then you get a this is some i i i've heard this uh, thing before you know there was someone uh, who was telling me how a engineer mechanical engineering graduate would uh, treat a car that's broken down versus a mechanic mechanic would see the car and he'd like okay gasket mein kachra hai nikalna padega whereas a mechanical engineer like okay let me check this let me check the engine first okay what is the velocity what's, what's whatever all the terms anyway cool moving uh, on uh, you said somewhere you know in uh, your uh, uh while you were talking you said uh, you somewhere implied that learning has, learning has to be experiential you learn i mean you experiences you experience it you go do it and then you'll derive some conclusions out of it your rational brain will you know take in and figure shit out but uh but what i'm trying to say is uh, there is there is this uh, thing that i've heard and i want to know more about it uh, from you let's say there is something that i haven't experienced but you have experienced and you can make me so you can create a semi experience for me by telling me a story there is research out there that you know that your brain uh, certain areas of your brain can be activated or uh, you know uh, triggered in the same way uh, 
as uh, by telling a story in the same way as they do when they're experiencing that reality okay you understood what i'm saying mm, i mean this is this is because of mirror neurons okay yeah right mm. i mean ideally it's you see somebody else doing it like you on tv you're seeing something and then you're like okay can i like i feel the same emotion that's why when yeah. people watch a cricket match right. and somebody kicks the ball they, they also get the ex- uh, sorry cricket it's in football yeah right? they also get the same excitement it's mm. mirror neurons mm. you actually primates have a mir- lot of mirror neurons right which activate when you see when they see another primate doing something so when they see a, a mother primate uh, a mother monkey like nursing a young one the other mothers also feel that same mm. emotion mm. so look the reason this works by telling them a story is more because of how your brain is connected hmm. the hippocampus which is the what is hippocampus it's it's a part of the brain which is a seat of memory okay it's like think of it like a hard drive okay which stores memories hmm. the amygdala hmm. is the emotional center hmm. okay height any any hmm. heightened emotions hmm. happiness fear whatever goes in there hmm. usually it is known as a seat of fear Hmm. but actually it's all sorts of emotions hmm. right that's the most primitive part of the brain the amygdala hmm. somehow the amygdala and the hippocampus open at the same time they're like co-joint dra- drawers hmm. when you open one the other one has to open along with it okay right and the reason this it's built like that is because in the past the more like trauma you felt like as a say you're running away from a tiger hmm. the more scared you got hmm. the more you need to remember coordinates and important details about the event like okay i should not go here mm. lots of tigers are here because i got scared mm. right simple mm. programming um so you you tend to remember things when you are extremely emotional mm. right you remember i mean if something is really boring you'll probably not remember it mm. which is why i think i make a good teacher right because i try to dr- pull out the emotions mm. try to rile people up and then i teach them something mm. right when you want like why do kids want to be football players and not engineers today like hmm. obviously they end up being engineers right. but because you look at messi and like oh dude look at all the commenters the entire commentators sorry the entire ecosystem is such that you get riled up like you, your emotions are on high hmm. and you remember those events right whereas you go to class and the teacher is boring you he hates his job you don't want to go to college you're sleepy you're bored hmm. no emotions coming out that's it it's not going to work i think there's an added dimension to it uh, i would like you to elaborate on it if you can that the brain stores memory i think you were getting there uh, the brain stores memory in a very narrative form as well so learning has to be in a narrative form there has to be a plot and there has to be a conflict and there has to be i think that's to keep interest okay right i'm i'm see when there are people who uh, memorize uh, you know very long sequence Mm-hmm. uh through know, a story yeah yeah they use okay yeah i remember i, I my trezor wallet uh, the backup yes key remember yes yes, yes yeah yes, i yes. i remember it was eminem goes and plays a guitar at Give people some context <laughs> yeah so we have we have a trezor wallet the backup key is uh, it's a mnemonic it's yeah. like 20 30 different words it's a key to a certain something yeah it's yeah. 20 30 words the backup yeah. and you just have to st- basically you have to remember all 30 words because you can't store that thing because if mm. that's basically the password you can't right. store, keep it lying around mm. um or the backup password rather so mm. yeah so i had to remember it and I, we made a really cool story about it where you know it was the first word i think was music mm. right so we said in some music we'll be like oh, eminem goes to the you know concert and he does you plays a guitar or something we made an entire story around it to remember this i don't remember the story anymore now but i re- at least remember the first two or three parts mm. um why does narrative work it's because I, you know it gives you a sense of continuity the human brain falls sick when there's no story hmm. right you 
everything needs to fall into a particular shelf it needs to be in a particular place and it needs to be in a particular sequence or an order of events this goes there this goes there mm. brain does that mm. right it's like this you know very cleanly janitor who wants everything in the in the right place at the right time mm. um and narrative helps with that okay. right plus it narrative also rises up emotion okay got it and a good a good narrative usually has emotion it has p achievement it has conflict yeah and if, and if you know all of this you you can you know write a good book build a good narrative yeah, yeah. that's why i'm pajama profit is number one amazon best seller okay cool so, so with that promotion plug i think that's a wrap yeah okay thank you so much varun this was another good episode uh, i hope we were of course we we surely want uh, well within the time limit but i hope uh, a good amount of you stayed uh, tuned till the end thank you so much guys stay tuned for the next one in the series bye, bye.